I was sitting in a petrol station last night and I was coming and oh mother of god the window got tapped three <laughs> times in ten minutes they are that mad. was the one lad yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're, 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 they're mental but yeah that's don't go to rock subscribe to the OTBGAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts Okay, OTB Sports are in partnership with Science Week. Science Week is helping us explore the infinite possibilities science offers and the role of science in delivering solutions that support our future opportunities and challenges. It's taking place from the 13th to the 20th of November and find out how you can get involved by visiting scienceweek.ie. One of the topics that uh, Science Week are are focusing on this year is nurturing the diversity, culture and the arts. So there's a lot of, uh, I guess, in topics within that uh, area. So they're talking about linking in migration patterns or growing diversity as, as a country as well. Um, and also how Irish people should embrace mehel, this Irish term for people coming together to assist neighbours, to volunteer and support one another. Um, and I guess coming out of COVID, that, that's something that's, that's resonated with a lot of people. Um, and I thought who better to chat to than the uh, the former Mayo senior footballer, David Brady. David was involved in... Um, in some famous now phone calls over COVID and reaching out to, to elderly people and people that maybe were were suffering from, from loneliness and, and isolation. So, uh, David, thanks a million for, for, for joining us. And um, for, for people that maybe were unfamiliar with the, with the story of the phone calls, you might just give us a, a bit of background as to, to how it all came about. Yeah, Shane, and look, at, I suppose that whole diversity, inclusion and mehel and community um, probably was at its lowest ebb when we were all cut off from each other. And I suppose in regards to science, um, you know, everything has advanced so much in the world, but I suppose verbal communication is still um, the epitome of, of how we communicate with each other. And we all lost that. And for me, the opportunity arose when uh, a son of a man uh, who was football mad reached out to me via Twitter um and just ask me, look at would I make a call? Uh would I reach out and would I spare a few minutes? And it was at the very start, I think it was April, um, around April time of lockdown, and I said, Jesus, why wouldn't I? Um and again I made a I made a call, I reached out and connected. And from that, um, I suppose it's still probably if I'm if I'm true, it still continues today. That uh, I suppose avalanche of of what we needed. We needed um, people communicating. We needed. I was a stranger um, to all the people I called. They knew me as David Brady, the footballer. But I think we connected, and uh, even up to you know last Sunday, I've been still in contact, and that communication has never ended with a lot of the people I reached out to. I talked, introduced myself as David Brady, the footballer used to play with Mayo, and would you have a few minutes to talk? And again, that kind of, where did you get my number, and who told you about me, and your son, your daughter, your neighbour, your niece, your nephew, and from that I had um, some of the most heartwarming, uh, uplifting, positive, uh, emotional um, conversations that I never thought possible um, with just two people that would have never talked to each other um, before, and it was, it was lovely. And for me, that whole mehel and you know community and 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 integration of 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 you know people who are isolated and lonely. But I think we we uh, we definitely um, we definitely we, we we definitely connected, and I think that was an awful important thing to do. A small thing, but it I suppose it's it cascaded from that that it just 
the numerous people, numerous people just said, you know what, that's a very simple thing to do. Um, why don't I do it? And you don't have, they didn't have to be an ex-county footballer or play for someone or be known. It just, and I think it was, it was, it was, it was a very positive time in my life, I have to say. Do, do you think, um, like, and this is one of the things I guess they're talking about with, with Science Week as well, is developing these open, healthy, inclusive societies, engaged citizens as well. Like, do, do you think we as a, as a country are, are, are good at supporting one another? I know when it comes to death, for example, it's, we, we tend to be, to be quite good at the, the immediate coping and, and helping each other out. But do you think we as a country, generally speaking, are, are good at that sort of thing? Honestly, I think we are, and I think we've got a lot better for it. Uh, unfortunately, it was due to COVID and that kind of circumstance of, of total isolation and, and being deconnected um, with each other. And I, as you said, it's, look at yeah, uh, funerals, and, and it's, it's epitome of the Irish. Um, when you need somebody and there is a, a call to arms, um, it's very important. I, I'd have always said I'm a great man for funerals. And, you know, that was lost again in COVID. Um, you know, there was none of that, none of the wakes or the coming together of a community or a parish. Or, but it is very, very important. And uh, it's it's passed on. That's the, the, the simplicity of it. It's passed on. And it's that ripple effect of seeing other people doing it throughout your life and other people giving their time. Um, I suppose it's kind of, you know, whether it's in a sporting or academic or a science background, you know, you know, you, you often see science teachers, you know, helping people with experiments in a class, but never doing it for them, letting the letting the pupils or the kids do it themselves. And I've probably experienced it through my life, people doing small things, but I'm going, you know, that was a very nice thing to do. And they gave up their time and they showed people rather than told people. And, and that's, that's for me a kind of lesson I've learned that um, you do reach out and, you know, when someone needs help, that offer it, regardless of what it's going to be at your cost from a, from a time perspective. And um, it's probably, you know, it's, it's probably fitting in the last <clears throat> few weeks um, on the, the passing of, of Brian Mullins, Lord Reston. Um, I had met Brian. I had, Brian, for me, was an absolute hero of mine growing up in the 80s. I was an eight or nine-year-old, and I was either Brian Mullins or Jack O'Shea jumping off a wall thinking I could reach the skies. And Brian himself got to know him over the years. Uh, especially on all our final days, we'd have met and spent time with each other. And Brian reached out himself. And Brian, oh, oh, unique way, he says, give me names, give me numbers, and I'll ring them. And he did. And and again, people come back to me, oh, thanks so much. You know, Brian Mullins ringing someone meant a lot more than David Brady ringing, but it was that kind of knock-on, that the, probably the litmus of just doing something and someone else did it and passed it on and they did it and and Brian Lord Reston was a great GM, and but he knew he was very much in touch with people, and that that um, that for me just brought it back. And going, you know, one of the greatest stars of all time in GA, um, ringing me and saying, "Give me numbers, give me names. Who do I need to call?" And that's that. Um, it was it was, um, and it was it was things like that. And unfortunately, um, still uh, in the last few weeks and months, that people would reach out reach out to me and. I don't know what it is. Um, they would say, thank you so much for calling my father or whatever, but unfortunately he passed away last week and we really appreciate you calling him. And I'm going, Jesus, it's a year, you know, it's a year and a half ago or a year ago or six, and I'm going, they still remember it because 
probably at that time when you're a, a son or a daughter or a niece or a nephew, probably going, just I wonder what, what dad or mom are doing now at the moment or, you know, they're in their house on their own and just the lonely or whatnot. But um, I suppose that hour, I think an hour and 52 minutes was my longest conversation. And uh, it's, it's, it, 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 it's past an hour out of 24 and we have good crack. And as I said to some of the people afterwards, look, I had a great conversation with your parent. Or, they told me things that you probably, they probably wouldn't have told anyone close to them. Mm. Um, and it's just that opening up. And that, you know, making that connection, and from that again, I just listened. Shane, that's the that's the most important thing, I suppose. I just listened. I I would be a great man for yabbering on, but it. I just listened, and they told me stories about their life and their trials and tribulations and family. And yes, football was probably a, a, a common denominator, but it never, it was never a main stay of our conversations. It was about the lessons. Um, and I suppose if you, the science of life is very simple that you learn from your lessons and your, you know, the hard times and the good times. And uh, for me, it was it was their stories that I'd I'd I'll always remember and um, um, take lessons and, and and life meaning out of. And it's even like I just listened to you talking there. You're, you're thinking about uh, this whole science week stuff and, and nurturing these these uh, nurturing our culture, I guess. And and one of those things is probably. Uh, you, you know, getting those primary sources of stories from elderly people and and people in the latter stages of their life, and and look, some of these people would be even if whether it's talking to yourself or or Brian Mullins or talking even to their kids or grandkids, you know, it, it kind of just highlights how communication is at the core of everything in terms of passing along our culture and passing along these stories. Because without all that, then then where would we be? You know, oh look, without a doubt, without a doubt, and and. You know, it was, it was even the, the 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 understanding of people that, you know, often more often than not was nearly uh, for some people in their day of throughout COVID was just a, a conversation over the fence or over the mm. the front gate of the house and communities and people delivering um, the whole you know messages from the pharmacy or from the supermarket or you know and even from a from a sporting context. You know, people like TJ Reading that doing virtual training sessions for kids across the country are just, it was, and, and again, so many forms of communication. But for me, a bit, it just boils down to giving some of your time or giving some of yourself to somebody else. And uh, I think it, it, it's, 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 um, it is a good, and we've, you know, there was so many tragic um, challenges and, and, and things that happened over COVID, but it's, it's, uh, for me, it's 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 one of the positives, and you're talking to men that was, um, you know, in their nineties. Um, you know, you I'm I'm transported back into a time I'm going. Just listen now, and the whole match day of one man he was at the nineteen thirty two All Ireland final, and I'm going man above in the walks for, you know, I'm I'm going to myself. I've listened to this all day, and that's that's what it is, and the so vivid as well in their mindset and who was with them and how to travel and who played well and this fellow was sent off and you know um, we probably men's forget a lot of the things we learned in the books but it's the the way that stories are told or way that lessons are are, are are taught that really embeds in the in the mind of, of, of people more so than what was in the words 
And, and I suppose in, in terms of the GEA as well, and it's fascinating to hear you talking about Brian Mullins' impact and, and I know other former GEA players got involved as well. But like th- that's something that's at the root of, of Gaelic Games and it's it's such an important part of the, our country's culture as well, the Gaelic Games. But communication, you nearly forget that that at the root of it all, whether it's in a dressing room or the WhatsApp groups now or whatever, but uh, communication is at the root of, of, a, of a successful team at the end of the day as well. It is, yeah, and it's 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 you know that's how you communicate, and sometimes we don't communicate very well, and you learn from your mistakes or you're trying to get a message across. But to be honest, the the most simplest simplistic thing is just be yourself, and I think in today's world, maybe all of us or some of us are trying to be something that we're not, or trying to be something different, or trying to role model ourselves on something that's unattainable, or it's in a in a different universe, whether it's Instagram or TikTok or what's not. Um, it's it's um, all you can be. All you can be is yourself, and that's. And I think um, anyone that I've, I've I've come across, and again, some of the com- the communication. I remember ringing a man in um, Galway, and he was just about, yeah, fair play to you. Thanks for ringing me. I'm not really a football man, and you have. He said to me, "You have to, <laughs> you have to think to yourself, I'm a Galway man." So he was a hurling man, and uh, I said, "All right, and who's your heroes?" And this man was in his eighties, and he said, um, "No, I was expecting someone back in the in the sixties." He said, "Henry Sheffield," and I said, "Oh, fair play." And it was probably one of the shorter conversations I had, mm. um, and and it is that community. And I met Henry over the years fleetingly. I said to Henry, "There's a man in Galway. I love you to ring. Would you mind?" And that Henry ended up. Ringing the Harlan, this Harlan, old Harlan um, fanatic, and when his nephew came back and says, "You don't realize what it meant for Henry Shefflin to ring him," and it it just was that knock on effect of, um, and no one is above their station in this in this country. Whether you're the best footballer, the worst footballer, the best hurler of all time, um, it just was people reaching out to people in hard circumstances in a normal way, and that's. That 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 for me was the 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 metal and and the 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 connectivity and that um, the GA holds amongst amongst people. Yeah, Jeez, that's the epitome of it right there. Do you know? Um, yeah. One of the one of the things finally, David, just that um, uh, that that kind of struck me when I when I thought about the phone calls over COVID that you were doing was, and this is one of the things that Science Week are trying to to uh, talking about coming together to like impl- implement sources on Irish culture for for new migrants and people coming to this country for the first time. Like we're becoming such a, a multicultural society in Ireland now as well. Like, do you think something like like this, like whether it be phone calls or just other methods of communication, could be could be used maybe to to feel people of other cultures maybe feel more welcome in Ireland like it's probably uh, it could be branched out maybe and used in other ways without a doubt I mean learn from our own our own our own cultural history of the past where immigration was such a common day-to-day activity that people were leaving these shores left right and center we went to the Indians of this world and the Americas of this world and we were welcomed for the for the greater part um, and again we are in that scenario where we're now the Cade Mila Falls, we're the welcomer to people that are um, in, in search of a new country or a new life. And I think I always see it, and I, I, I see it even um, here in the, I live in Castleknock in Dublin now, and in Castleknock GA on a Saturday morning, there's hundreds of kids, hundreds. And I'm going, 
it's just like a swarm of kids at 10 o'clock on a Saturday morning in a place called Chernanog, which is the land of the young, the land of the young. But I see that inclusion. I see that. And you know what? It's not about being able to. If you can see a child smiling, whether it's a little boy at six or a little girl at six, just smiling and have a bit of fun and having a bit of, you know, a bit of Joe de V on a football pitch. Mm. And it doesn't matter what the sport is, whether it's soccer, basketball, rugby, tennis. It's, it's, you can see that just expression of, you know, happiness and no worries. And it's, it's, it's very nice to see. And I think it's in our games and from a, from a sporting context as a small island, we, we are, we're, we're, sport is embedded in our, in our society and in our psyche. Um, regardless of what um, grade or what level the sport is, I think it's a very opening and a very probably um, positive way to communicate with people, regardless of race, culture, uh, or where they're from uh, in the world. And I think that's that's you know give two give two kids a ball and they'll have fun in some way, shape, or form with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe it's a lesson for all of us that it gets probably too serious as we go on then in in life, and it becomes all in, all encompassing. But to take a little example of 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 the youth and the young people, just to let them play and let them enjoy and let them integrate in that in that context. Absolutely. Something we could all definitely learn from there, for sure, David. Uh, listen, thanks as always. I know that, that the phone calls are something that, that hopefully a lot of people have t- maybe taken inspiration from. And even though COVID's you know, all but finished now, I suppose we, we can still continue these, uh, these phone calls and conversations with people who, who might need them. So fair play to you, David, and uh, thanks as always. A pleasure. A pleasure, Shane, and uh, thanks a million for having me. Roseanne Kenny, Regius Professor of Medicine and Aging Research at Trinity College Dublin. Brilliant. Roseanne, uh, thanks many for taking the time. Um, I suppose we're, we're, we're touching on Science Week uh, for Off the Ball and different topics on loneliness and social isolation. One of the, 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 the topics with, that uh, Science Week have chosen this year. So uh, I guess loneliness is a, is a fairly serious issue in Irish society, especially post-COVID maybe. Yeah, we've actually, uh, I'm involved in a longitudinal study on ageing called TILDA, which many of the listeners may be aware of, where we follow a representative sample, one in 156 people over the age of 50 in Ireland uh, every two years. And we've been doing it now for 12 years. And as part of that, we did a COVID wave. And we found actually that um, loneliness became almost three times more common during COVID, even during the earlier stages of COVID, was associated with low mood, in other words, depression. It was as, it was as, as prevalent in rural as in urban Ireland and as pre- prevalent in men as in women and certainly more, more common in people who are living alone. And I suppose these studies as well, one of the interesting things that, that uh, I noticed in the results, so they've shown older people ge- feel generally disregarded by media, I suppose, and public um, health commentators as well uh, when, they're, when they're speaking about these things. That, that can only heighten feelings of, of being a burden, I suppose. I guess what COVID particularly showed was that um, older persons can become a very vulnerable and marginalised group in a catastrophe like the pandemic was in the early days where we're all scrambling around under crisis mode. And during certainly the earlier period, there was quite a lot of ageist language and ageist attitude. Uh, for example, just having a 
chronological age cut off like 70, you know, and strongly recommended that people 70 or older didn't go out, um, stayed at home. The implications of that was because once you've reached that year, that number of candles on your birthday cake, you're not really of any value to society or at least society can do without you under these circumstances. Whereas we know very well from our research and that of others that that's not the case and that older persons contribute enormously to society in Ireland. Many are working for that. There's a massive contribution in society in the context of NGOs. The vast majority of voluntary work is done by older persons. The contributions given to family members in terms of grandparenting and grandchild minding and child minding generally in order to enable others to take part in the economic market is also massive. So they, they make a huge contribution to society and that implication uh, was was poorly received actually by older persons according to our surveys uh, but also was made it more likely that people would feel marginalized and out of out of context with their society that's that's something that that you touched on as well uh, funny that you know the number of candles on your birthday cake and and I guess the difference between biological and, and chronological aging is something that that you've you've certainly looked at in the past as well Oh, no, we're really interested in that. And it's actually fundamental to try and understand that. What's your real what's your real age? There's two ways of looking at age. One is chronological age, as you, as, 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 as you said, uh, Shane. Chronological age is the number of candles on your birthday cake. Biological age is far more pertinent. That's really the age of your tissues, the age of your organs, the age of your cells. And why that's important is, first of all, it's much more relevant to your functional ability, what you can do, etc. Secondly, it's more relevant probably to the diseases you're likely to develop if you don't already have diseases and illnesses. Um, and thirdly, it has implications for understanding maybe early risk factors that we can intervene on at an earlier stage to prevent any decline and maybe slow down the aging process. But some people, the, the biological aging starts very early on. There's one really lovely study to show that um, four participants in the study who were all, there were a thousand, all of them were aged 38 at the time of the study. They'd been studied since birth. And at age 38, chronological age 38, number of candles on birthday cake, the biological age varied from 22 to 48, even though they were all chronologically 38. So this concept of biological aging and accelerated aging of cells and organs and tissues actually starts very, very early on, which is why all of the factors we talk about in terms of slowing down the aging process and leading to a healthier, longer lifespan they actually apply at much younger ages. I've done a book on this recently and people say to me, oh, I gave your book to my mother or my grandmother. And I'm thinking, well, I hope you read it yourself because actually it's we should be starting these interventions in our 30s, really, to ensure a longer, healthy lifespan.